Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. We have a segment for you. Oh my goodness. It's fair. It's funny because um, we don't do off the cuffs often. Mm-hmm. And we created this segment because we wanted to be able to just talk. Just talk. Because we talk. We talk every time we are recording, we have a conversation, or we're texting through the week, um, saying, Did you see this? Or what do you think about that? Or, you know, cracking jokes, <laughs> whatever it is. And we thought, you know, we would let you in on some of that conversation. Of course, you know, we, we try to keep it real, fist up, but, you know, it's still, we have reputations to uphold, so we're not, it's about as off the cuff as it can be. And uh, this particular off the cuff is like, remember that category in Jeopardy Potpourri where they would just stick stuff in? This is your favorite. You can't get away from it. I can't get away from it. <laughs> No, we just were sticking stuff together. And, you know, as we were wading through, you know, what we're really talking about, like, why are we, why are we talking about all these things? There was a, a theme that kept coming up. And um, as you listeners know, the critic has no, oh boy, he has no um, qualm whatsoever to express his frustration. And you know I don't, so you already know I don't. But um, I think overall, what we're gonna talk about is how, when you are telling a story, and that's what all this is, right? What we're talking about, all the TV shows, all of the movies we see, uh, the books we read. Yeah. The fiction books. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Telling a story, there has to be a purpose and reason why. Otherwise, you're just, you know, telling a story. You're just not even telling a story. A story must be experienced, right? Otherwise, you're just talking to yourself or you're, or it's mm-hmm. therapy. You're being, you're therapeutic. You're writing poetry for yourself or you're doing things for yourself. But in a story, there's an audience. And if there's an audience, there has to be why are they there? Yes, why and why are they paying, paying well, money? And then that's a that's another dimension that when you start to charge or exchange any kind of commerce for that, then there is now an expectation. Because if I were to say, "Hey, critic, I wrote a story. I want you to read it," <laughs> and you read it, or "Hey, critic, I directed a such and such. I want you to see it." There's that expectation. But when you start putting expectation um, that is tied to finances mm. or time, mm. then there's something different. There's a different expectation. There's a different, um, you know, there's an entertainment value. And, or there's, there's an exchange value that needs to happen at that point. And if we're not exchanging, 
or if you're on a different page than I am and I paid $15, there is a frustration that I get to voice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so we're going to dip through that. And so just kind of like bear with us listeners. The first thing we're going to talk about is everything that we're going to talk about is based on something. Meaning these are not standalone things. Meaning there has to really be a reason why you tell the stories that we're going to talk about. So whether it's based on a comic book and several movies or based on um, this expectation from previous series or mm -hmm. uh, seasons and you keep, you, you keep asking us to come back to the television show or if it's based on a, now it's a movie and it was a TV show mm. or if it's based on real life, there has to be a particular reason while we come back to these particular stories. So let's start with um, Our Boys, which is on HBO right now. It's a limited series and it's concluded um, as far as the critic has, has got a chance to see it. We're doing this a little different. I mean, he's gonna give us the plot and everything, but then he's gonna talk about the need for this particular show that's based on reality like why not a documentary or why not you know a segment on 60 minutes or what have you why do we need this story why did the hbo need to tell it and did it was it successful for you yeah so um this is based on what happened um not too long ago in in um in the jerusalem area let's put it that way and what happened is, and I talked about this before when it started, Ref, um, three Israeli teenagers were kidnapped and murdered. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this was at the hands of uh, Palestinian, uh, of Hamas. Okay. There it is. So the question is, what's the retaliation gonna be? Now, there are different factions uh, of uh, Jewish people in Israel. They have different opinions about how to go about things. Do you retaliate physically? Do you just protest? What's that gonna be? So it comes down to some Israelis and two of the three are teenagers. They decide to kidnap and kill a Palestinian teenager in retaliation who's completely innocent. So in Our Boys, we see him and his family first and we see the outcry from Israel over murdering our boys. And then we see how, unfortunately, uh, this teenager has to meet up with these three Israelis who want retribution and they find him as the outlet. And then what they also show us, Ref, is how the Israeli uh, police, how they investigate this, they use an undercover a detective especially to do this mm. in order to figure out who is behind the kidnap kidnapping and killing of this Palestinian teenager. Right. And so the, there's this whole tension, of course, between the Palestinians and the Israelis already there. And then this bubbles to the surface. Can uh, this teen's parents trust the legal system to do this? Mm. And so on and so forth. And then by the end, you see what comes of it. You see whether... Uh, the people who are perpetrated the crime are, are captured or do they get justice is justice served all of that's there 
And then of course, in the end, you see exactly what happened. And they even tell you uh, for some characters, hey, this is a composite character. So for instance, right. there's, this, there's this main undercover guy, but there are several. Like Chernobyl this, and all those yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you that. So in watching it, the thing for me that I was thinking about, okay, why do you tell this story? Well, it's kind of obvious why you would do this. Now, you asked an interesting question, why not do a documentary? It's because if you tell a fictionalized version, you can tell certain parts of it that you think may have happened that we have no footage of. Mm -hmm. So you can get into what happened undercover. Like they don't have footage of that, we can't see it. So they have an impression of what went on there. And frankly, I have to say that some of those parts were the most interesting because there were question marks in it. What's about to happen instead of statements? And this is something I'll keep coming back to throughout this off the cuff. So, okay, what's actually happening? Where are we actually going? That's the bit of storytelling that keeps the audience moving. And that's when this show was at its best. Now, of course, they have to be respectful to the, what actually happened here. Mm -hmm. So that was the quandary they were in because I could feel the wallowing. This is going to be another theme here. The wallowing in certain moments. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we got it. Like as an audience, we got it. Because we are all humans. We all have feelings. We can feel the message without it having to be pointed out. So I'd say overall, this was good, but it didn't quite always know how long to stay in which parts of the story. I mean, do you think that's also because, you know, we have a set time here. We have 50 minutes or 55 minutes, and I'm not sure how long HBO does each of their episodes. Um, if it's, you have an hour, basically, mm -hmm. and you got a certain order, meaning an order of episodes. The 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 network just kind of spelling it out a little bit the network orders episodes before they read them all because there's mm -hmm. the writing room is happening while this is all happening it's very rare does um it's very rare if a you know a network receives a completed season of something they just sort of go by faith and so that is that's the tough part about television. It's beautiful because TV gets to take its time. And like you said, in this instance, they get to go behind those question marks and, and, and actually display those question marks. But how many of those can you do before it's inspired by and not based on, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. how you, you've got 10 episodes to fill. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, it's already uh, sparked all kinds of controversy, which I'm sure they saw coming. So yeah. if you're gonna go here in the first place, you need to go. Mm -hmm. You need to just do it. Because you're not gonna please, uh, you know, everybody. It's not gonna happen with this kind of story. Um, especially what they're telling, what they're unearthing. Because how many times have we seen a story where we have, um, you know, a Muslim victim at the hands of someone who's Jewish? Mm -hmm. That's fraught territory. And, and this is from, you know, Israelis. This is from Jewish people. They did this. Yeah. So there's a whole thing going on politically outside of the show that's caused controversy. So if you're going to do this, if you're going to dare, which they did to do it, you can go even further. Not saying that this is bad. This was good. It really was good. And I think if you're interested in it, you should watch it. Is it a tough watch? Yes, it is. Uh, is it overall worthwhile? Yes. Um, so, so the again, this question is, 
you gotta find really what the pull is in your story and go. Yeah. Like we always say, Ref, what did Peter Jackson say in regard to Lord of the Rings? It's about the ring. Yeah, if it's not about the ring, then we're not gonna talk. We're not gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, then let's go to um, something we both experienced this weekend, and that is the new Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, um, a Breaking Bad movie on Netflix. And yeah, if you know anything about Breaking Bad, you know that the very end of the series had us. You know, one, there was an aspect, I'm not gonna, if, if you're gonna watch Breaking Bad, then good for you, you should. If you haven't watched it already, there's spoilers. So this is off the cuff, so you're just gonna have to. So Walter White dies at the end. And then we see his partner, Jesse, kind of driving off into the sunset in a hysterical laugh after he's been released from a cave that he spent the last year in this cave. <laughs> cooking meth for these horrible people who did horrible things to him and so that's kind of how it ended and then this movie literally picks up (laughs) right where it left off and unfortunately you know people have aged and you know fluctuated (laughs) weight so i was like "Mm, okay i i guess we'll, we'll we'll just let that happen and I think we both are going to have a similar reaction to this movie because um, not just us, but I think a lot of people are chiming in about why did they need to tell the story? Mm-hmm. And it's a valid question. Yeah, it is because the answer is they didn't. Now, how's that for off the cuff? There was no reason for this other than, oh, let's go back and do Breaking Bad again. Why? Breaking Bad is its own statement. I don't get it. What's the point? Unless you have something to add. And this is the thing also about uh, Better Call Saul. Same kind of thing. A lot of critics love it. All right. Why am I watching this? Why do I care? I don't care. I don't care. Now with this, the beginning of El Camino. (laughs) Beginning of El Camino. I was, let me just say it. I didn't want to see this. When I heard about it and I knew it wasn't about Walter White, I was kind of like, I, okay. I have the same, it's the same thing. It's, it's like, it, this was Brian Cranston's show. Breaking Bad yes. was Brian. We, we enjoyed. Jesse, in fact, if you listen to the earlier on, he was not supposed to last quite that long. Mm-hmm. So, they loved <laughs> Aaron Paul, which it's hard not to. Right. Yeah, it's not Aaron Paul. It's the character. I don't need to see anything centered around Jesse. Sorry. I don't need it. I don't need him going to Skinny P and the other dude yeah. and like watching them be serious. <laughs> God. So it starts off with uh, Jesse talking to Mike Ehrman Trout, one of my favorite characters, played by Jonathan Banks. And they're talking about, oh, you know, what are we gonna do after all of this is over? So it's a flashback and, you know, uh, maybe we go to Alaska and so on and so forth. Then they cut straight into Jesse screaming into the camera driving. Okay, so you're you like, okay, why. what's going on? Well, you know, mm-hmm. because you're, you, you you saw the end. You're like, he's got the hair yeah. and, you know, you get it. Mm-hmm. If you remember. Now, <laughs> well, it's kind of hard so. to forget that. <laughs> <laughs> now, so you're like, okay, where is he going? Who is he speeding away from? Is it the cops? Is it somebody else? And then you see how he works his way into possibly being free. 
that's the whole question. And the El Camino is the car that he's driving and so on and so forth. And along the way, he meets familiar faces and there are lots of flashbacks. So you really have to track, okay, where am I? What time? Okay, he's talking to this person, it must be here. Like it really tests your memory, I'll put it that way. And the helpful part about it is the hair and the facial. Like you, you know when his hair is cut short, what time period you're in versus when his hair is long because mm -hmm. it flashes back into what happened that entire year he was in that cave. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and you know, before, so when he's like driving and screaming and going to Skinny uh, P's house, I just have to say that he reminded me of a grown-up Haley Joel Osment <laughs> until he shaved and looked just like oh, Haley Joel Osment. That was just so, so funny to me. Yeah. But, but after the screaming and all that, and it comes down, and they start taking their time and really enjoying the the flashbacks, I was kind of like, well, I mean, this is not adding anything to this story. No, I don't really care. So why is this here? And then we have like a little over two hours of this. I, I'm just, I'm at a loss. Now look, it's on Netflix. So if you're gonna do something like this, that's the place to do it. Um, so, okay, because you know, you watch it or you don't, it's there. Netflix does everything for everybody. So it makes sense from that perspective, but from a viewer's perspective, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, here's what I would say. Think of it this way, if, you think, okay, it's gonna be a movie about Jesse, and you are going, hmm, I wonder what that is, or you get kind of excited. If when you watch Breaking Bad, you really enjoyed Jesse, you were focused on him and wondering what was going on with him, then this is the kind of movie that you should watch. If you're not in that camp, I can't say that this will do anything for you. Well, it's it was nice to see, you know, again, this is off the cuff, so if you really wanna review, you could, you know, we're not going to do that. Um, you, Walter White shows back up in a flashback and mm -hmm. with his bald cap and all. <laughs> and he, 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 that was uh, funny. It was funny. I was like, mm. <laughs> again, we can put a man on the moon, but we can't do hair on TV. <laughs> False hair, faux hair. But them sitting in that diner, I thought every time we flash back to that year he was in, I thought it was going to reveal something more that we hadn't known, but more or less it was like, let's get Jesse to get off into his next phase of life. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it, and that's and that brings us to this whole conversation. Otherwise, we would have reviewed this, you know, outside of this. The issue is, did you need to tell the story, and with the story that you have? What is it that you want me to take away with it, from it? Like, what is the overall, these little one-off things contribute to the larger story. And, the, and we're really gonna talk about that with the next two. You know, you can say, oh, it's a standalone, or oh, it's, you know, this was something we tried. Like, you know, remember in Blackish season five, where, you know, they were doing the serious, or maybe it was season, end of season four, I'm not sure. They were doing the whole, they're gonna get divorced and da da da. And then, oh. you know, they swing back into, you know, the regular blackish. And that's fine. As writers, you, you do want to take a, a risks. And as a director, you want to be, you know, able to tell a story that's forward. And 
interesting and you know prov uh, provocative but you do also have to realize that you're contributing to an overall story and so it tainted things for me for breaking, hmm. you know it for breaking bad i love breaking bad i don't think it was bad but then adding to this i can't as an audience member and as a person who loves writing i can't separate this part of the story and say it never happened Mm -hmm. So now I've got the story that I already created. They, Breaking Bad, right. like you said, already set this up. We knew Jesse was going to go to Robert mm -hmm. Forster character, which rest in peace. Robert yes. passed away that Friday on October 11th. Um, and if you don't know who Robert Forster is, he's the man who makes you disappear and reappear. <laughs> <laughs> the man in the red band. Um, yeah. And Say your social security number backwards, by the way. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> where, where was your second to the last job that you, your dad <laughs> Your dad's like, second to the last job. <laughs> I was like, okay, better grill him. <laughs> but uh, but we knew he was going to go back there. He missed it the first time. We, we knew he had to get off the grid. Who do you go to when you have to get off the grid? Like, we, we already knew that this would happen. So I guess why we're talking about it in this fashion rather than a regular old is you know i don't know if we need it now that we've seen it i can't erase it mm -hmm. yeah. i can't erase it it's now mm -hmm. a part of jesse's story and i'm like ooh, that that puts a, a misstep in my in my mind and maybe not for you or maybe not for a lot of the people but there is a when people tell these stories that need to move us forward and they don't mm -hmm. there's a misstep mm -hmm. in the overall story um yeah. and i think we have to go to this is us for that now oh because, boy but uh, i i do want to highlight something you said though before we do sure where you said you'd already had his story in your head you made it up question mark there we go again question mark why not just let us have that yeah unless you're going to tell something brilliant and fill it in We've come up with the story. We've connected the dots already. And so right. you're kind of taking the fun away from it. No, I think that's actually, that's a great point to say, mm -hmm. why not let us have our story, which is what TV used to do. But mm -hmm. now we're in the era of reboots, right? We're in an era of yes. reboots, retellings, reimaginings. Um, mm -hmm. They're bringing, I, I'm not even going to bring this up. They're bringing a whole bunch of other stuff back that you're kind of like, it's okay to let it go like mm. let's just let it go and mm. let us take the story that's what good storytelling does is that you're i'm you still can talk about it but right. for you i'm not this is totally your um opinion i'm gonna keep chugging along but you're giving up and saying goodbye to the tv series on nbc this is us Yes. And um, you have your reasons and uh, just letting the listeners know we're not going to stop covering This Is Us. I will continue to watch it. But for you, you are giving it up. And I'm sure you have very specific reasons as to, pertaining to why we're doing this off the cuff. Yes, because in the second episode, of, was this season four? Yes. I was watching it and I was going, I do not care about any of these people. And my favorite character is Jack. Didn't really care. And I went, uh-oh. And then I thought back, Ref, where we talked about the first uh, episode of the season and how you was talking about, you know, who are all these people? That's not how you start a season. 
But for me, I was more interested in them because it was something new. And that's yeah. when I knew those first two episodes, I went, mm, I need to stop watching because the core people, I don't care. Like, I don't need to know another thing about these people. Not one more thing. I don't care about them growing up anymore. I got it. I don't care about where they're going anymore. I got it. I just don't have the feeling or didn't have the feeling that they have anything new to tell me that I care about. So that's when I go, there are no more question marks mm -hmm. for me in this show. So I have to give it up. And I always go back, Ref, to season two. Season two was to me the essence yeah, of yeah. This Is Us. They had Deja humming. They had all of these stories going. And there, there were moments when I caught my breath. Yeah. Season three, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about. But, I, you know, so it's been enough for me. I mean, they're going to keep going and people will keep watching because, I mean, really, this is comfort food. But mm -hmm. keep, also keep in mind, everybody, that I watch a lot of stuff. Yeah. So it's like I got some other stuff to watch that's better. I will watch Grey's Anatomy. Oh, who thought I would say that? I did not. <laughs> I did not. Um, that that is a left field for me, or left coming from left for you. Uh, yeah, I get it. No, I, mean, I get it. Yeah. I I get it. It is. It's true. A lot of that stuff is true. Um, I am particularly interested, in, not just because they're black, but almost because, <laughs> like. It, there, it's it's both. This is off the cuff. This is real. Like yes, it, it is. Not, and not that I'm not interested in anyone else, but I find that the people. I, I find that some of the characters are. Some of them are jerks. Like just mm. Kevin as a kid, you just want to be like, oh my gosh, you were such a turd. <laughs> <laughs> like you in in every phase of your childhood, really, <laughs> you know, you were not the nicest at all. And I'm, you know, they always justify his reasons. Um, but you know, you know, one, a, a kid was dropped off at a fire station and you're whining about, you know, not getting enough of daddy's attention. Like just, okay. And then I lost, <laughs> I'm sorry. I lost my father and I'm around the same age as these people. And mm. my father was very impactful and very much kind of a Jack kind of character, very charismatic. And, you know, people had you know basically good things to say and lala you know came from a background that you know overcame things i, I didn't i'm not like drudging through my life and i lost my father around this no no a little bit younger than them but you know it's just it's i get it you get it you you have to have jack ever present because like mm -hmm. you said he's one of the best characters he's definitely an anchor but yes you know, you, you you move on. You do, as a human being, most people move on and not remain, you know, like that. But anyway, whatever. I will wallowing. Keep, I, there it is again. Wallowing. Yeah, wallowing. It does wallow. But again, we are. We have so many episodes we ordered, right? <laughs> no, we do. We have so many episodes we ordered, and those episodes need to be filled with something. Mm -hmm. So why not take the time to go into Jack's brother's whole psyche and background? And why not take the time to go into 
you know, say a secondary character and, um, you know, like in last season where we had, uh, you know, uh, Kevin with his fiance at the time uh, or, you know, girlfriend, why not go into her story and see, you know, some of those things? Because you have the time to do that. And the thing about a good 13 episode order, when you pitch 26, it's going to be a better show. You know what I mean? Because you really got to, 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 you know, the Watchmen that's coming up on HBO. We'll mm -hmm. see. But thank goodness it's not 26 episodes. Right. Or 20 And they may not even have more than one season. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. I think BBC, I think the British know how to let things go. Um, they do bring things back for Christmas specials. <laughs> okay, well, Christmas special luther anything that's not any will. it's like this is not christmas at all it's not what i want to be watching during this time but and then they let it go and move on let's talk about something they just cannot let go oh and this is your reaction to the joker you got to see it this friday last friday as of taping and mm. i already saw it it's already been reviewed so listeners just relax we're not going to go over plot points and, you know relax but we are going to go over, I could just send some people like, oh my gosh, because it, it is polarizing. So if you watched mm -hmm. it, you're going to feel one way or the other. There really isn't a, you know, it's okay. Or, you know, just, you know, it, it's meant to do something. Yeah. And um, for me, it did something very specific. And I think I have not heard your reaction. So, so listeners, this is a true off the cuff. True. Wow off the cuff mm. which we usually don't do <laughs> um because you know sometimes well i'll be like uh-uh and you'll be like uh-huh and you know, <laughs> and then once we do that we can kind of go on the air and, and do uh, a version of that but this is off 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 the cuff and uh your reaction to the joker it's it's in this off the cuff so why are we talking about it mm. <laughs> question marks <clears throat> and wallowing the riddler Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now look, this film, I don't even know that someone can say they like it. It's not a kind of film you like. Oh, people are like saying it. I don't know how. I'm sorry. I, there are a lot of people. It's not even about liking it. <laughs> it's about sitting there and experiencing it and going, okay, like, is this something I want to watch again? No. Why would I do that? It reminded me, Ref, of The Machinist with Christian Bale, where he lost all of this weight, and he's a machinist, and it's very disturbing. It reminded me, and, and all of these movies are different plot-wise, but I was thinking of The the Woodsman, which is completely oh, horrific. That's with uh, your boy, Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah. I don't need to watch that again. Who plays a, you have to say why. He plays a- Well, he plays a pedophile. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Do I need to watch that again? No, but the performances loom large in my head. I remember Christian Bale in The Machinist. I remember Kevin Bacon in The Woodsman. And I remember and will remember Joaquin Phoenix in Joker. <laughs> the first hour, the first half, all of this really repugnant stuff happens. But what I really appreciated was they just glided right over to the top of it. They had a nice rhythm going. I was frankly watching Joaquin. I understood every choice. I knew exactly what he was doing. 
And the whole laugh, because you talked about that a lot, Ref. I was watching it and tracking it. And there was a moment when he's watching a comedian at a, you know, just watching a comedian do stand up. Mm. He's in the audience. And there was this laugh he did that was late. And he looked around and it crystallized for me the point. This man doesn't know what laughter is. He has no idea. To him, it's torment. So when it's time to laugh, he doesn't know when, he doesn't know how. He's completely, and that to me, I was like, oh, I got it, I got it. And it was all in Joaquin. It was all in what he did. And what I was flabbergasted by in a good way was Joaquin Phoenix dancing. <laughs> I was watching it going, first of all, he can actually dance. Yeah, he's a good dancer. And this is the strangest <laughs> out of left field choice that somehow works. At the end, when he comes out, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. dancing. And also there was a lot of what um, Todd Phillips, the director did and co-writer did, all him going up the steps. And then at the end, he comes down the steps. Like if you start tracking this, there was a lot of thought that went into Joker. So here's what I would have to say though. If you break it up into four quarters, the third quarter was the quarter of wallowing. Up to then I was like, okay, what's actually going on here? I was thinking about it. I was going, what happened to him? Where's he going? All of that stuff was in my head. And then we get to when certain things are revealed and we have periods instead of question marks. And then we started wallowing a bit. And that's when it kind of lost its spell a bit to me. Um, I still appreciated what Joaquin was doing, but that's when I was like, mm, you could have glided over right to the end. Cause really to me, Ref, it's a big build up to the end. Mm -hmm. Just keep building up to that end and then you whack us over the head with it. That's when you do it. And I did like though, that it wasn't a lot of philosophizing until the very end. It wasn't oh. too much. And yeah, that monologue at the end, I was like, ooh, boy. Mm. Also, e even the change when he's talking to the social worker and he's like, you never listen to me. So there were little moments when I was like, oh, okay, got it. So this, everybody, is bracing. That's what it is. And if this is the kind of thing that you like to watch, then Joker's for you. If you don't want to be braced, then you're not gonna like Joker. You're not gonna like The Machinist. You're not gonna like The Woodsman. And not even like, you shouldn't watch it. Because I don't like these movies. I appreciate the craft. I understand what they're doing there. And so to me, that's my conception of Joker. I don't know whether that made any sense, but there you go. Oh, well, there it is. I, we don't have a, the same opinion on this. And it's not, I don't, I don't agree with if you don't like to be like, bra like bracing. I think there are definitely movies where it's just like, oh my gosh. But there, to me, for me, if I'm tracking all of those things in a movie of the nature of Joker, then for me, it didn't work. And I think that's why it's so polarizing because you have a Heath Ledger and not to compare, but you have to because it's kind of the last Joker that's been buzzed about. I don't think people were buzzing about Jesse. Uh, what's his, the other guy's, uh, the guy from- Oh no, it's just, yeah, he played, he was- um... Oh no, he was the other Gene Hackman yeah. character. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think, or, or on C, I, you know, I don't think people are buzzing 
they they were anticipating Joaquin Phoenix. Um, mm -hmm. And as they were excited about Heath Ledger, so that's why I'm comparing. Um, and Jack Nicholson was just so far. I mean, I guess you can compare the three feature-wise, right? Mm -hmm. Unless mm -hmm. you know of another one. I'm not sure feature-wise. Um, <laughs> there's a detriment, and it goes back to this conversation. So it's not, I'm not, it's, it's about why do I need to watch it? Why am I paying money? And, and I did not. I saw it at a film festival. But it's, you know, it was my time. Why do I need to see a whole standalone of Joker? And I think for the most part, it's because it was because, hey, we're going to go dark. We're going to, we're, we're not going to do the comedic Venom, you know, where Venom was, there right. was comedy in it and it was dark taking a villain and highlighting that we're going to go just, we're going to go right there. And I found myself going, why all the time? And it was because, okay, it was because if you, if you know that you are, you have pitched this movie to a studio and you pitch it, that it's going to be dark and you pitch it that you, you have to justify why the people in Aurora, you know, are gonna come, you know that that's gonna happen. You still have to justify your movie. It's because you're, it's, I, I don't know if it was because of the story as much as it was, let's give you this experience. Cause no one's ever given you, it's almost like, you know how we talked about the Marvel movies? Like, we, it, are you really furthering the conversation with Marvel? and those characters, or are you going, let's do something really cool here. Or like Gemini Man that came out, um, is Ang Lee saying, hey, I really wanna tell this story, or do I wanna use this device that I think is brown, is, is cutting edge, uh, brown, uh, groundbreaking, you know, you're gonna be wowed. And I feel like that's the polarizing point of Joker is that some, the, you can call it craft, and there is craft, obviously, because someone edited this and directed it and, and, and you know, did all the things that you do in television, which should be regarded and rewarded in a sense of like, you know, we did these things. But I think there are other movies that go into those depths better. And in a way that says, this is why you're sitting in the seat this is why you're doing this for two hours. And the reward is the story, not the, you know, the mechanisms and, you know, things like that. So that's, that's, it's hard. It's hard when you're talking about, um, you know, those kind of things. But then you get something like Alien, right? You are, mm -hmm. it's, it's very much a, that it can be considered a polarizing you know, back when it was out, you had this woman lead who is fighting, you know, being a hero here, but it was darker than what people anticipated. Alien wasn't this Star Wars-y, Star Trek-y, um, outer space things that we were, it wasn't a horror movie, but then it became a horror franchise. And you got a chance to see this documentary called Memory, The Origins of Alien. And for you, 
and listeners, if you know anything, you've had a very interesting reaction to the first two. No, you have. They're very interesting reaction to the first two alien movies. And you look at it cinematically rather than just like, just like you did with Joker. You looked at Joker very cinematically. Mm -hmm. And Alien, you have over and over again for the past how many years we've been doing this podcast, established over and over again, this isn't just a thing. You know, we have Alien 5, 6, 7. This was actually in the hands of two directors, two very different directors, two very different takes. This actually, there was a reason why we should have Alien and Aliens. Mm -hmm. And this documentary gets into some of that and the care that you talked about, even in Joker, the care that the directors put into that franchise for you, I think that it's worth us talking about because if you were to say, hey, you know, alien cinema, I think some people would say, really? What? Oh, people would say it. Huh. They go, well, really? you better check it. Was it cinema or did you just, or, or was it a good it's scare? cinema. Oh. Alien is cinema. And if you want proof, watch the documentary, Memory, the Origins of Alien. Um, now look, we're talking about for Alien, the thing that started, all, started it all. Ridley Scott directed this. In the documentary, you see how it came to be Ridley Scott. He wasn't the first guy attached. Oh, interesting. Who was? I don't remember. Oh, so, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I, no, that's fine. I thought you were going to say James Cameron was originally attached. So no, 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 no. That's interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. got it. Because keep in mind, I think it's like uh, four or five years or something between Alien and Aliens. Right, I do remember that. Because mm -hmm. uh, Alien is in the 70s. Right. Okay. Uh, aliens, late 70s, and Aliens is mid-80s. I don't remember that. Like, Just... <laughs> So you see the iterations of it. You see, uh, for instance, uh, Dan O'Bannon, who uh, really started the thought of it, how that was translated, how they pulled in a certain artist to come up with what the alien looks like. Like looking at those, the, the actual paintings. Yeah. And then at, at one point they were gonna use that. But Ridley Scott came in and cleaned it all up, I'll tell you that. Wait, was so it you, bad you, before or was it, not bad. It, I, yeah. Well, it, it, who knows, right? We, we, it never came to fruition. Okay. Um, the idea could have worked. Now, they also, ref at the beginning, speaking about the origins, it's not just about the origins of uh, Alien the movie. It's also the origins of Alien the mythology. So they go back to, you know, all kinds of myths and how it translates into Alien, how they pulled certain things. And even in the very opening, they do like this reenactment of something that they could have kept out. I mean, in certain moments of this movie, I got to say, I thought I was watching the History Channel. You know, when they do Ancient Aliens on the History Channel, you're like, how is this on the History Channel? That's what it looked like. I'm like, come on, y'all. You better than this. The ref, they had it's in in like the the interviews. They had people. They were sitting, you know, in front of a black background. I'm like, right, come on. Oh, come wait. On. So it goes. It explains Prometheus and Prometheus Two. Or it's just it Alien. So it's it's just what led up to making Alien, the first one. Oh. They don't okay. get into anything else. They don't get into yeah. Aliens, anything else. 
just about alien. Oh, that's and, good to know. And, you know yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and and the mythology of it, and then how that translated into the film. So they walk you through all of that. Um, and to me, the closer they got to the film, the better the documentary got. When you when you are able to tie it in, like the chest burster scene in yeah. Alien, they do a whole section on that in the documentary. They do they they pulled in some of the actors to talk oh, about that. Yeah, and so, you know, they're talking like Veronica Cartwright, who um, is, you know, not Ripley. And she's the one who didn't understand that you don't let people in to spaceships when they have a parasite on their face. Oh. Ripley tried to tell y'all, and so did other people. Why don't y'all freeze him? Isn't that what Yafet Kodo said? Oh, Why don't y'all freeze him? That's a good nerd out right there. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> but all of this is in the documentary. Right. So, so in that scene, the chestburster scene, Veronica Cartwright was like, look, they had um, the actor in there, in the set. They had all of this, the guts and blood and everything they were doing. He was there for hours until the rest of the cast came in to shoot the scene. When they got in there, it smelled. Oh, oh. <laughs> she was like, oh, we, we could smell it before we got in there. We saw it, we were like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. And she was talking about how the blood got her, for real. And she slipped. If you watch it, she slips. It was not on purpose. Oh. <laughs> and she was like, I got to get back up and get into the scene. <laughs> <laughs> so like just listening to the actors talk about that, it was really fascinating. And I think that if you are an Alien fan, you have to see this. Now out there, I will let everyone know, Ref, out there, you can find a lot of the Alien mythology. A lot of fans have done yeah. videos on YouTube that you can watch. This kind of summarizes everything, pulls it all together in a more uh, authoritative look. So if you're going, oh, is this really true what I'm hearing? You can watch this and kind of see that, yeah, a lot of it is true, what, what a lot of the fans are saying. And it just makes it more cohesive in a documentary. So- Didn't they, didn't they do, didn't um, James Cameron do like a, a show, remember he did a show, maybe it was on the History Channel or Discovery or something about sci-fi movies and they had Ridley Scott on there. So this may be a good, um, if you enjoyed that section, they would probably enjoy the, the Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. it, it's just like that. And, but this is ve you know really focused on Alien. And then it, it really just encapsulates what you started with, Ref, in introducing this how different it is from Aliens. Yeah. And how it takes, whether you like a film or not, how it takes someone with a vision to come up with something that's worth our time and money. It's a vision, and it's a vision that you're not apologetic about. So, you know, even if you think Joker, that's a vision <laughs> of something. Yeah. If you are thinking alien, that's a vision. And the re reason alien and aliens work, it's because it's two distinct visions that are true to the story. So, I mean, I'm an alien person. That's me. I appreciated this, even with all of the History Channel stuff that was in it. And is this something you have to rush out to the theaters to see? No, I mean, if you can find it, no. But it it's coming. Don't worry, you'll be able to stream it. And I would say definitely do that. And, and enjoy, and maybe afterward, you'll even want to watch Alien. And I'll say, if you haven't seen Alien, what in the world are you waiting for? No, oh, you know what? I haven't seen Alien in forever. <laughs> it's been a really long time. 
And I don't know if I, I just remember the iconic <laughs> crazy mm-hmm. craziness. I don't remember the details as much. But um, and it's, but you, what I would say though, uh, for you and others, Ref, not meaning that, hey, you gotta see it. There are characters here. You watch them and go, okay, I can understand their motivations. There's some secret motivations that all make sense. The, the, the psyche of humanity and maybe not humanity is on display. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's been an interesting off the cuff. It was definitely, we're, it may have seemed like it was all over the place, but it really wasn't in a sense of, <sighs> storytelling can be polarizing, mm. but it has to be something and um, with an audience in mind. And so whether we're giving up a TV show or continuing to watch it, whether we're making a TV show into a movie and we decide to watch that, whether we take something true that really happened and decide to fictionalize it so that we can dive deeper into some of the bigger inquiries, whether we're taking a very well-known character in a comic book and displaying that character, and then whether we're taking you know, something like Alien that is you know, simple, in its nature, but really diving into the the whole, like you said, psyche of it and the origin story. I think all of these um, things that we talked about definitely warrant um, further conversation. So we encourage you listeners to really think about why you watch what you watch, right? Why you watch what you watch and is it is it furthering, if it's based on something, the story? And if it's not, I think we've concluded it's okay to let it go, or it's okay to say, mm, no, this wasn't it, this isn't it. Um, and then move on to something that does like get you going. Yes. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.